This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. Oh, man, Matt. We have a global luxury real estate show for you today. That is uh, one of my favorite type of shows. It is. It is. It feels luxurious in here, I should say, <laughs> on a side note. Yeah, you just sold your nice table. We sold a table. <laughs> we're, currently, uh, we're currently doing this from, what is this? It's like a TV tray. Uh, a cardboard box. It's yeah. like it, we're, we're all hunched over a cardboard box. I think the allure of the podcast studio has now been uh, totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. Ma- well, mainly by Sir Somerville, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, it, you know what it is, is it, when you have a cardboard box with a yoga mat on top of it and a couple mics, uh, <laughs> you, 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 this is really, uh, this, is, this is radio. This is do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself right radio. Yeah. That's right. But we let's not bury the lead here. We got Richard Silver on, VP and Senior Global Real Estate Advisor with Susby's Realty out of Toronto, but he focuses on global luxury real estate and China. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad you pronounced it because I've always called it uh, So The Bees. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, no, but Sotheby's obviously, and I, I kid, it's, it's, uh, one of the most prominent luxury global real estate brands out there. And, uh, of course, Richard is phenomenal. He's got, uh, he's a past director at large for the Canadian Real Estate Association, and he's also the past president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. Yeah. He's been, he's been in the game a long time in the global luxury real estate game. And really the question for Richard is, 
What's going on in the global luxury market? Is there a slowdown across the board? And where do we go from here? But before we get to that, Adam, we should tease a couple of future episodes coming up. You know what? And the reason we want to talk about some upcoming episodes is because we've got some phenomenal guests coming, Um, starting with uh, Central One Credit Union, which um, the uh, chief economist, Helmut Pastrick, He's going to be on the program? That's right. And Helmut Pastrick, for those of you who uh, are not aware of Helmut, I, when this guy speaks, there's not a seat empty in the room. Scalina Brothers listen. Yeah. <laughs> Scalina Brothers listen. There's not a seat empty in the room. We finally managed to get him on the show right at the time when Central One came out with their resale market housing outlook 2019 to 2021. So we have Helmut on next week talking about where the real estate market is and where it's headed in the next couple of years. And we also have Matt, and I should say, we just got a copy of this in the mail. It's phenomenal. Vancouverism, the new book by Larry Beasley. Amazing. Just pa- came out. Past guest. So, past so, guest. so the bees is coming back. Oh, jeez, Matt. That's called a callback. So the bees is coming back. So, so, so from a minute ago. From a minute ago. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good, very well done. Uh, no, but Vancouverism by Larry Beasley. Over four hundred pages of Vancouver bliss. Basically, the history of the city, and it's a beautiful book. It is. You know what? And I haven't read it yet. We haven't uh, done our talk with Larry yet, but uh, it's like a coffee table book, right? Like it looks like it's. Uh, got tons of information, but also tons of photos. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful book. It is a beautiful book. Very excited to have Larry back, and he is coming into the studio, so cannot wait for that. That's right. So stay tuned for those. Right before we cut to our talk with uh, Richard Silver, though, Adam, we should say we haven't asked people to share the podcast with a friend for a long time. It has been a while, Matt, and we want to just thank everybody for listening. The way that we grow this podcast is through you, the listener. So if if you don't mind, if you like what you're hearing here, if you get something out of these interviews, please share it with a family member or a friend. Just let them know that you're listening to it and that they might take something away as well. Absolutely. But without further ado, let's talk to VP and Senior Global Real Estate Advisor with a focus on China at Sotheby's, Richard Silver. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Richard Silver, VP and Senior Global Real Estate Advisor at Sotheby's International Realty. How are you doing, Richard? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing very well. Thanks for taking the time today, Richard. Pleasure. Pleasure. It's a great day in Toronto. Yeah. I heard. You said it was going up to 16 potentially today? Yeah. Yeah, or tomorrow. It's really uh, it's really hopping there, you know. <laughs> Is there any snow on the ground still? No. No, not okay. in Toronto proper. I think as soon as you get a little bit north of, uh, in a little bit north of Toronto, we've always got that lake effect. So it's usually warmer by the, uh, or or less snow by the water, anyways. Right, right. So Richard, um, can you maybe start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, how how far back do you want me to go? Actually, I I I can make it fairly quick. I'm Alberta born and raised. Uh, and uh, spent the first part of my business life as a hoofer, and a hoofer being a dancer, singer, actor, and of course waiter, because you don't make a lot of money as a performer. Right. Anyways, I came to Tor- came to Toronto uh, to teach at York University, and after a couple of years, you know, had a break, and I thought I'm gonna go and do something and take a course. So I took the real estate course, and um, the interesting part of that is 
Um, I started with absolutely no sphere of influence. I didn't know anybody in Toronto other than ex, you know, Edmonton people or ex Albertans that I knew. But I, you know, I basically started from scratch here. Wow. And uh, had to learn about real estate, but also had to develop a sphere of influence and, you know, did it mostly on open houses. Nice, nice. And and uh, did you, what were you teaching at York? I was teaching dance. I actually have a degree in dance from the University of Oregon and I was teaching dance. But, uh, you know, that, that was another life, uh, you know, another life, uh, a few less pounds and a few less years. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, what one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, Richard, is is you uh, you know obviously you're as your title suggests you're a senior global advisor. Uh, the Economist had a had a uh, a report out last month about a global slowdown. Uh, I think right. the the title was "Prices of Prime Properties Around the World Are Falling." Um, can you speak to to the global slowdown in luxury real estate? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's very, very, very location based. I think uh, whenever you look at, uh, at at statistics, I, I used to be on the board of Korea and I used to be president of TREB. That's also another bit of uh, history I should have oh, given wow. you. But um, I just think that, uh, you, you know, we always say that real estate is very local. So I know that, you know, some of our st- stats across Canada or around the world have changed. I know that uh, New York is hurting. I know that London is hurting. I was just on the phone with somebody from London yesterday, and they're going through a big change. But um, I think just in general, uh, it seems that um, t- Toronto is okay. Um, it's not as um, it's not as brisk as it was two years ago because we had the slowdown caused by our foreign buyer sales tax. Right. And that that was a bit of a shock to the marketplace. But uh, in the 416, which is the downtown region of Toronto, uh, we have a pretty strong market. The 905, which is um, the exterior, uh, you know, circle around Toronto, that is softer. There's no doubt about it. But but that's interesting, Richard, that, that uh, you know, it, it sounds like there's places, you know, London, New York, uh, Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney for sure, Vancouver. Yeah, uh, Toronto's outperforming kind of a, a lot of the major markets globally. Then, yeah, it's it's weird, and and we're trying to figure it out every day. A lot of it has to do with uh, we have a net immigration every year into Toronto of over a hundred thousand people, um, and some of that is from other parts of Canada, and some of that is from foreign countries as well. And we also um, Unlike Vancouver, I mean, you have a lot of foreign investment and foreign uh, clients, I would think, from the Pacific Rim, where a lot of our clients, uh, yes, some are from the Pacific Rim, but there's also a lot from Europe and the Far East, the Middle East, etc. It's a little bit more diverse of a, of a foreign uh, buyer uh, segment. Interesting. Richard, we know that that you uh, in in your role as um, senior senior global advisor, you you do kind of focus on China. Can you talk a little yes. bit about capital outflows in China and and kind of what's happening with China? Well, you know, it's much more difficult these days, obviously, to get the money out uh, of China. I mean, we are still working with people from China. They've moved their money. Uh, they've bought properties here. The focus is really. 
uh, strong towards, um, you know, private schools for their children, universities, um, you know, health services, and also, uh, you know, they like, you know, clean air. Obviously, those are things that that move uh, the Chinese outside of China. But a lot of those people who have come here, their kids are here at school, but the parents or the father is back in China working to make the money to pay for everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, and outflow of money is, you know, it's not it's not easy. Same thing in India. That's been cut back in China. Russia, we had a very strong market from Russia about five, six years ago, and that's pretty much all that died. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of countries who are putting on those restrictions and it's hard to move harder to move money. Right, right. And and Richard, I'm kind of curious because just thinking through, you know, it sounds like you've had a, a really interesting career from from teaching dance to being the president of the the real estate board there in in Toronto, to to working with a lot of uh, luxury purchasers. Like, how did you get to focus on on China, and and how did you get to kind of focus on this segment of the market, this kind of global elite segment of the market? You know, it, it's really funny. It actually started when I started real estate years ago. And uh, the area that I lived in was very close to one of the first Chinatowns in Toronto. I think we're now up to about six of them in the GTA. Right. Um, but a lot of, uh, you know, some of my neighbors were Chinese. Uh, my uh, the A lot of the early deals that I did were properties that were the Chinese were coming in as the buyers and they were Cantonese Chinese. They were from Hong Kong and that they were either trying to get a foothold in Canada that was, you know, they would consider safe or they were trying to move money into Canada and away from Hong Kong. And they had a great worry about the, you know, the the changeover to mainland China. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's just evolved. Uh, we've gone from, you know, large Cantonese uh, community to a very large uh, Mandarin-speaking community. And a lot of that is based on education and private schools. So, um, and I think the biggest thing was going there. I think I've been to China four times and India probably four times as well. Um, and it's just going and talking to people and finding out what it is that makes them tick and answering their questions. And um, it's very, very interesting. Uh, you know, um, there's a lot of discussion, actually, too, uh, from the from the Chinese public. Uh, when we've met with them, they say, well, what's the difference between Vancouver and Toronto? So I have to answer that question. Can you answer you know what, it here? You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as you promise not to shoot me, I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be in Vancouver twice in May, and I hope uh, you know. I hope nobody decides to poison my water or something. You know, strangely enough, uh, when somebody's quite seriously and asks me that, I say, "Well, Toronto's where you make your money, and Vancouver's where you spend your money." I I think you guys have the best lifestyle in Canada. You you know you're so close to a lot of outdoor things. You're so close to water and uh, you know real water, not a little lake. Right. But uh, I mean, I think you guys have got a great you know a great province there and a great city, and that's why you know a lot of my family are out there and I come out and visit a lot. But strangely enough, um, you know. Uh, Toronto is really, you know, you call somebody, I, you know, there's my house is on the market right now, Friday night at eight o'clock, I have a showing on my house. I mean, Saturday in the evening. I mean, 
a lot of you know there's a lot there's a whole thing here of um doesn't matter if it's a weekend we're going to work and um you know i think the lifestyle in vancouver is much more it's not as pressured it's not as you know crazy business wise you know um i can't tell you the number of times i've been asked to show houses at six o'clock on sunday and finally i've gotten to the point where i say you know that's my family time I'm not, you know, I'm not going to show a house at six o'clock on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think, I think you have to put your foot down about it, but I think, you know, I, I went to school in the West and I know that, you know, um, at a certain time there is, you know, there is much more concern for health and family and all those things. I mean, we're, we're a little crazy here. Well, one thing that, uh, cause we work with a lot of people, you know, from, from outside of Vancouver yeah. and and one thing that people always comment on when we're out touring on a Tuesday, you know, at, at two in the afternoon mm-hmm. when the, like the, the patios are full of people and the restaurants are full. Mm. Everybody's like, do people yeah. in Vancouver work? Like it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess I that's not the impression if you're, if you're touring around Toronto. No, I mean, you, you know, they, you, you see them leaving the offices, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. It's, it's, it's funny in the banking area. If you were to go down to the banking area where all the five banks are probably at nine o'clock on a Friday night or a Saturday, you'll see this lineup of cabs just, sta- just standing there waiting for people to come out, finish work and take a cab home absolutely crazy yeah um you know you could finish at six you could get home to the family you could but you know they they're you know it's a great place for workaholics you know you don't you don't feel as if you're you don't feel as if you're you know the, the odd person out <laughs> yeah. yeah you're you're normal right yeah richard can you talk a little bit because everyone we're talking to seems to seems to be highlighting the fact that kind of the downtown area and, and immediate surrounding areas in toronto are very active and then kind of the, the greater uh, Toronto region yeah, is kind GTA. of is, your GTA is, is, is quite soft. Can you talk yeah. about maybe the differences between those, those two markets and how they interact? Well, yeah, the, you know, as far as a foreign buyer is concerned, a lot of the foreign buyers are coming here. Uh, you know, we have a great advantage in Canada over the U S as far as attracting, you know, smart, uh, students from other countries in that we offer in Canada, uh, you know, a three-year work permit when they finish university. So I think that's one of the big drivers. Um, and most of the, you know, the university, yes, there is, there is York University where I used to teach and it's way up to, to in the northern part of Toronto, but the, the strong universities are, you know, the University of Toronto, which mm-hmm. has huge uh, attendance, the uh, Ryerson, et cetera. There's a lot of, and all of the hospitals, uh, the main university hospitals are in the downtown core. And I think um, in that downtown core, it, it's quite interesting how, let's say in terms of the Asian market, a lot of the Asian market came and they wanted new construction and they wanted new construction, which which occurred mostly uh, Mississauga, Richmond Hill, Oakville, et cetera. But as Toronto has been become more complicated to get around in. The traffic gets worse and worse. And if their focus is in the downtown for business or for university or for the healthcare system, you find people moving closer and closer to the center of the of the city. 
And so areas like Rosedale, Forest Hill, um, or any of the downtown high-end areas, they're, they're becoming much more, um, you know, things are not necessarily flying off the shelf, but they are getting great prices. And I think that's what the push is. Uh, with, with Toronto, it's all about accessibility. And, you know, it's getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Uh, the, um, there's a lot of building going on in the downtown core. And it's a little scary in that, you know, do we have the ability to get around? Do we have the proper, uh, you know, there's lots of talk about mass transit. There's lots of talk about we're, we're building another um, subway system right now, but you know, by the time it's built, it'll still be underutilized right. or, or under. Uh, you know, it just won't service the people it needs to service. It's just, it's absolutely crazy, and that's probably why people want to be closer to the university and they want to be closer to the school. So there is a bit of a move downtown. Huh. It, it sounds actually quite similar to to Vancouver in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Richard, I want to go back to something you said earlier about kind of uh your four trips to to china and four trips to india and kind of figuring out um you know what makes certain uh groups of buyers and sellers tick like in your in your experience um and obviously we will be speaking in generalities and i guess there's always problems with that but but how are how, how are foreign buyers uh or people that are not locals in canada different than than local sellers and buyers well one of my one of my bedside books is something called uh kiss bauer shake hands and that's uh, by a woman by the name of, I think, Tony, uh, Tony Robinson or something. She, anyways, it's about how uh, people in different countries, how you have to relate to them, you know, how you present a card, how you shake hands, how you, you know, uh, do you offer a hand to someone? So in, in the diversity that we have right now, people coming to Toronto, um, there are things that are, you know, that come up in a discussion very, very, very much when I'm dealing with somebody from China, it's about education. When I'm dealing with people from India, it is about the cap rate and it's about, you know, the appreciation. So, in Toronto, it's not a great cap rate. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you you buy something, you rent it out, and you're probably going to lose money for a little while, but you will do well in appreciation. So uh, for, for a Southeast Asian buyer, it's not as attractive as, say, on the outskirts, Brampton, where there's a lot of cultural affinity. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, places of worship and food, et cetera, et cetera. So they they have a tendency to be, unless they're in the healthcare system, they have a tendency to move more towards uh, Brampton, which is just outside by the airport. Um, however, the mainland Chinese really like to be in the downtown and or they move towards Oakville and Mississauga. And, uh, you know, we also have a very strong Persian community here. And uh, they, you know, it's it's a whole different bag with each of them. I find it really interesting. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I learn. And I think you just have to be really, really open to finding out what it is that drives people to buy. And, you know, there's there's times it can be it's absolutely fascinating because you'll have two or three different groups involved in the same transaction. And every single one has a different agenda. Right. And and that. You, you get a little cross-eyed at times, but it's fine. 
It's not, it's not actually there's a lot of uh a lot of similarities there uh yeah. to, to Vancouver for sure. D- in Vancouver at least right now foreign buyers is, has been a hot button topic for I don't know, four or five years at least, maybe maybe a lot longer since, than since that. Since the but dawn of time, yeah, almost. maybe since yeah. Vancouver was founded. But uh, but but pres- I guess two questions: is is it uh, as large? And I guess I don't know how closely you follow Vancouver, but is are foreign buyers as uh, hot of a topic in Toronto? And and from your perspective, um, are foreign buyers good for for Toronto's real estate market? Yeah, I'm I'm much more of a globalist. I'm somebody who really loves uh I love the different diversities that that make up the city and so I'm I'm very pro. I'm a, I was a little shocked originally with the Vancouver uh you know foreign buyer sales tax. I didn't know um you know because it, so much of it uh, of of that tax reflected on the Asian community. Uh, I didn't know if it was a xenophobic kind of tax. It was, you know, not in my backyard kind of tax. And those are things that always scare me. I mean, I grew up, um, my family were immigrants from Russia and from Austria. And we, you know, have had a very good life here. And to me, um, you know, Toronto and Canada has always been about integration and learning from each other and, and not getting you know, not focusing or or penalizing one group over another. But I understand where it comes from. I understand as well that when when it was brought in in Ontario, uh, one of the things that they also brought in was they forced the legal community to uh, put it, you know, uh, keep information about where the person was. Were they a foreign? Were they were they a foreign buyer who was applying for permanent residency? Was it somebody who was going to school here? So now they have those statistics, and once they let them out, which of course happened, you know, six months after the foreign buyer sales tax was brought in, it turned out that about three percent of the marketplace was that you know foreign buyer who was only buying for investment and had no intention of living in Canada. So I think that changed a little bit of the public's perception. I think they thought um, they were also, I think, worried about, you know, vacancy and vacancy tax. And I can tell you, I it's very seldom that we ever see vacant apartments these days. There's so there's such a lack of inventory. We get multiple multiple offers on apartments. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous, and and not good ones. I mean, ones in a, you know we had one that had about seven or eight offers on a very very you know not a great apartment on a busy street, not with a great view, and we were just all taken aback by it. But um so a lot of the properties um you know are are being run as as you know rentals uh we don't have that vacant uh you know i've heard that there's a lot of vacant property in vancouver that's not being utilized you know what i, was I don't just, think it's as i i was just yeah. gonna say not to interrupt you richard but uh we have a, a kind of local data analyst here that is running running numbers all the time and and he just put out a post on his blog that says uh condos in Vancouver and Toronto both the major cities are less empty than in in other large Canadian metros in it and it's looking across yeah. the country so i think that's a it strikes me as as uh 
obviously a very common misconception, but yeah. but deeply held belief that half of Vancouver is sitting empty. I know, I know, because I've had conversations with friends and family, and they say, oh, it's all sitting empty. And I, I like the 3% of foreign buyers that we heard about when the government originally brought it out, they were talking about 6 or 8%. Um, and then when it, when it was actually properly measured, it turned out to be 3%. And I think sometimes... Uh, that happens. There is that, uh, you know, let's jump on the bandwagon. And uh, and it, it has, it did cause a big change in our market. Uh, we're down probably 15 to 20%, probably in the in the 905 region. Um, we're not really much off in the downtown. Uh, but it has, you know, there has been a drop in the marketplace, there's absolutely no doubt. And whether it's a confidence issue or, you know, people just getting used to it. And I, and I think you guys have increased your tax, have you not? Right. It has been increased to 20% now. And is the NRST still 15%? It's 15%, but then also in the GTA, you're basically paying, or Toronto anyways, you're paying a land transfer tax of 4%, to two, to the gov- two to the provincial and two to the city. So you're basically up to 19% of uh, taxing before you, you know, where the down payment, you have to have money for the down payment, you have to have money for the tax. And also the big thing that uh, has really hurt a lot of, more the younger folk, I guess, has been the, uh, you know, the the ability to pay, you know, that um, uh, the banks have brought in that they, you know, they want they want you to be approved for two percent more than you would in a normal mortgage in the mortgage that they're offering. So that has been a big issue as well to slow down the market. People cannot afford to get the mortgages they thought they were going to get. Mm-hmm. So, so you kind of touched on it already, but if we could just kind of flesh out the idea, how have how have foreigners or foreign buyers reacted to the uh, non-resident speculation tax? Then, you know, I don't think it's been exactly a friendly thing for them. I, I, you know, th- th- we have had a lot who have just basically said, "Look, we're moving to Canada. Um, if we're buying in U.S. dollars, we're you know we're down. You know, it's thirty percent off anyway. So now we have to pay a fifteen percent tax. We're still we're still doing okay. So some people it has been good for. I think the combination of the tax, uh, the ability to move money outside of China or outside of uh, India, any of the any of the countries has really had the the largest effect. But there's still a lot of people who are investing. They're buying they're buying properties and they are starting businesses here. We're still seeing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. I, I was thinking, all right, I'm not even sure where I saw this headline, but there was some headline uh, that, you know, that Toronto's real estate market seems to be weathering kind of this general downturn a lot better. And it seems like that jives with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think that was in that was in the real deal this week. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that um, was in the real deal. Yeah. Well, so just thinking out loud, I mean, part of that, what they were suggesting was that that Vancouver was kind of more Im- influenced by uh, the market was more influenced by by foreign buyers and I guess foreign foreign money than than Toronto was. Does that jive with your interpretation, or is it more that because another point that you've made here is that there's just uh, it's not as focused on the Pacific Rim, but kind of more diverse in terms of the interest in Toronto. 
Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And also, uh, there seems to be a lot of, uh, you know, the, the article in the, in the Real Deal was very interesting. It's also the economy in southwestern Ontario seems to be going through a bit of a boom. And, you know, we have clients, I have people moving from Vancouver, moving from London, moving from the U.S., uh, people who went to the U.S. years ago and uh, have decided to come back because they're not happy with the politics there. And uh, so we've, you know, it's very, very interesting there. You know, I don't know that I would consider those people foreign buyers because they're originally Canadians. They've just gone off. But we do have a lot of people coming into the marketplace. And uh, at, at at present, even though we've got we've got about 180 cranes up in the air right now in Toronto, wow. and um, there it is just crazy right now. Um, you know, lineups to buy properties, and we're still seeing that happen as far as the new stuff. But I think a lot of it does have to do with um, uh, the number of people who are coming, as I said, from other parts of Canada as well as the foreign buyers big net immigration and a lot of our older uh, senior citizens who would you'd think would have decided that they were going to uh, you know downsize they're not doing it they're not doing it as much and is that and, and is that because I, I think in Vancouver that's happening right now but in that's in part because the market's so soft that it's just a really challenging time to it's hard to, to be mobile to, yeah. To mo- yeah the mobility is just yeah. kind of down but is that in Toronto it sounds like it's more of a not not market specific no it's more of what the options are you know when when somebody wants to downsize these days are they going to move to a condo are they going to move outside of toronto we've got a lot of people who will you know move to niagara on the lake or they'll move to stratford and they'll move to other parts of ontario or they'll move you know i just sold a client uh, and then moved out to vancouver island and uh, we see a lot of that we see a lot of that but but it's that sense of mobility it's sense of you know making actually deciding making the decision to sell and then moving you know it's it it has slowed down somewhat but it's still a factor richard what what do the next three to five years look like for the toronto market oh boy oh boy that's a good one i think i think it's still going to be very strong uh, and I think the the biggest thing for me always is around immigration. Uh, the next biggest thing for me is uh, to do with um, mortgage rates. And I think uh, you're, you know, you're going to come up for an election in the U.S. And I think if you went back historically, you could find that, you know, the rates in the U.S., which do have an effect on us, are always low before an election. So until that all happens, I think the next two years definitely will be very, very strong. And um, then who knows? Um, I still think I'm still very positive about Toronto for sure and Canada in general, just because I think, you know, we do live in the best country in the world. We really do. And yeah, There's and, so much here. And we, we totally agree with you. What about uh, just curious to hear your thoughts as, as somebody living in Toronto uh, on the Vancouver market as well, if you have an opinion? Um, no, I mean, Vancouver is always uh, 30 to 40 percent higher than we are in Toronto. Um, what I'm always surprised with is people will in, in Toronto will complain about the pricing and how their kids can't buy. And then I look at the pricing in Vancouver and know that, you know, my nephew's out there with my niece and kids and, you know, they are, you know, they could probably afford a lot more house here in Toronto than they are affording in Vancouver. But, you know, you've got so many other options. You've got the mountains, you've got 
the ocean. You've got so much in, in Vancouver. Um, you know, of course, we're very jealous. But <laughs> this is the place, you know, as I said, it's really a place for me, especially as a realtor. And I'm sure you know that you, you develop a, a sphere of influence. And, uh, you know, until they get ready to put you in the ground, you don't want to lose it. So you stay. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck. You're stuck in Toronto is what you're I'm saying. Stuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, f- you know, a few years from now, I'll be out there selling houses with my walker. Yeah. <laughs> So, Richard, I'm curious, maybe as a final question here, I mean, with you've been in, in the business a long time and you focused on kind of luxury real estate. Um, with this kind of global push over the last 10, 15, 20 years to see real estate as as a global asset class and, and something that the global elite are very interested in acquiring, um, we're seeing kind of a trend down right now, it seems, in in home prices. But moving forward, what are your thoughts on uh, on, on real estate globally in these superstar cities so the wonderful part about the marketplace is there's great places to live in the world uh and each one has its own special speciality there's you know whether it's education whether it's the film business whether it's you know the mountains and the rivers and the lakes and the ocean and you know or if it's business and uh, i think that uh, what i'm finding is with the really high-end global uh, people that we deal with, they have multiple properties and they're in different parts of the world and they're not spending a lot of time within those properties out, you know, they're, they're moving between the properties, right? you know, and it's, it is a very, 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 very small part of our, of our marketplace. It's more the ones who have a property in Toronto and something in Florida or something in Mexico. And um, I, I just think, you know, as people do better, uh, with the properties and they sell them for higher prices and they move on to either up or down. I think we're just going to continue to have a very, very strong world economy. And there's there's obviously prop places in the world that are in trouble and either they're in trouble or they are, there's too much uh, government intervention and people would, you know, they're afraid they want to move out. They want to get their money outside of uh, certain countries. And I think that's going to continue. Also, the big thing that nobody talks about, and it's really due to population is, you know, I've been to India. There's, you know, uh, one and one and a quarter billion people in India, one and a quarter, one and a half or one and a quarter billion. And depending on what the day is in China, (laughs) And a lot of those people, they're doing very, very well, and they do want to, they want to move, they want to diversify, and they want to leave those countries. And, um, you know, as far as how it's going to affect Canada, you know, unless we put a blanket, you know, you cannot come in here, it will affect our marketplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are, you know, we're safe, we're viewed as uh, in basically, you know, I look at prices in other places, yeah, I've heard of a building that's now selling in London for $12,500 a square foot. Oh, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what you're up to. We have one building that's sitting here right now at $2,500 a square foot. But to take that and more than quadruple it is, you know, un- un- unheard of to me. But right. Is that the West Bank? Yeah, I was going to say. No, <laughs> no, it's the, no, it's the old Kensington House, which used to be the old Can- uh, Canada House. Ah. And they've been they sold the penthouse for twelve thousand five hundred dollars a square foot. Wow. Nice, well, not nice, but <laughs> I mean those are the kind those are those are the kind of prices that we're seeing in other parts of the world, which make Toronto 
uh, which is which is less than Vancouver, Toronto, much cheaper too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Richard, uh, we we do have this segment called the Five Wire. It's usually five quick questions about Vancouver, but uh, can we do the Toronto edition? Can you stick around for that? Yeah, okay. that'd be great. So, uh, first question is: What is your favorite neighborhood in Toronto? I live in Rosedale, but I have to tell you that I'm pretty partial to Cabbage Town and always have been because, uh, you know, it's just, it's like a small town in a big city. Everybody knows everybody in this great community. I've, uh, I, I've stayed in Cabbage Town. It was, uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal little, little neighborhood there. I, favorite bar or restaurant in Toronto? Uh, well, the House on Parliament is one of my favorites. It's a, it's a uh, pub, but the food is great. Um, and also the great thing about Toronto is there's a lot of ethnic foods no matter where you go. So, I mean, you could be very, very busy. But House on Parliament, uh, again, Cabbage Town, again, people you know, but great food all the time. Downtown Penthouse or GTA Mansion? And keep in mind, you have your—we know you have your house on the market right now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sort of moving towards the penthouse now. I think I would really like to, and it's not even necessarily for me to have a penthouse. I just—I think I, you know, I've done my house thing. I'm—I'm uh, I'm now a senior citizen. I've just, you know, crossed over, and so the penthouse thing is looking pretty good to me. First place you bring someone from out of town when they arrive in Toronto? Mm. I, you know what? It really depends on who it is. It really depends on who it is. It's also where I'm picking them up. Um, I like the distillery area. I think it's great. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of things happening. Um, but Yorkville is, you know, it depends. If they're, if they're staying in Yorkville, if they're high-end and they're coming to stay at the Four Seasons or any of the major properties in the Yorkville area, that's always a great place. Um, so, you know, there's lots of different options and it really depends on their background and, you know, you know, who they are and what they, what I think they might want to see. And of course, there's always a good game going on. There's either the, (laughs) you know, the Maple Leafs or the Blue Jays, or there's always stuff going on. Uh, And a final question, Richard, what is something you've purchased recently for under $500 that has had a major or a strong impact on your life, positive impact on your life? Oh my God. Um, positive impact on my life. And I got six pairs of socks from Soxy.com. <laughs> You're surprisingly you know? not the first person to bring up socks. Oh, socks right. is a popular <laughs> I think, one. I think we had somebody socks, mention a tie club. Funny how, how things, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, everybody's wearing, you know, boring blue navy blue socks and now socks has become a big thing socks and shoes and you know um so the the colors i think are great too it's just i don't know what what would somebody bring not a you know i've got all the apple stuff that i could think of the ipads and the watches and stuff and so you know i i don't know I, I know. I'm a, I'm a massage. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll leave it there, Richard. But thanks so much for your time. That was a fascinating conversation. And how can people uh, learn more about you and what you're doing in Toronto? Yeah, um, I'm the one of the leaders of a team called the Silver Burtnick and Associates team at Sotheby's. Um, and our website, believe it or not, is Torontoism. So T-O-R-O-N-T-O-I-S-M. 
So uh, we've been around for a long time. The group has changed somewhat, but Torontoism is the place where we hang our hats. And uh, we'll just vouch. We'll say that's a fantastic that's a great website. website. It's uh, it's, oh, it's great for kind of all things Toronto culture as yeah. well. Yeah, we also we do lots of community videos. So we're very hot on community videos. So uh, we want people to know what it is that we like about selling in those areas. So and nice. each one of them is very different. So fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time, Richard. Take care. Thanks. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Richard Silver, Sotheby's Realtor, past president of the Canadian Real Estate Association, and but for our purposes, more importantly, VP and senior global real estate advisor with a focus on China. Yeah, Matt, and it was really great talking to Richard, super interesting guy, really storied career in real estate, which is fantastic. And I should say, uh, before we uh, before we move on here, Torontoism is a great site, and That's it's one website, that you yeah. should uh, really, really check out. Um, lots of interesting blogs, lots of stuff about real estate, the city itself. And uh, we're huge fans of Richard and his site. So uh, thanks again for coming on, Richard. Absolutely. But what else do we got, Adam? Well, I just want to remind everybody, uh, coming up in uh, the next couple of weeks here is Helmut Pastrick, who is the chief economist at Central One Credit Union. Uh, this is He's a hot ticket, and we've got him on the program. We got the hot ticket. We got the hot ticket for sure. What else do we have coming up, Matt? We got the celebrated Larry Beasley coming on. Uh, Cannot wait for that. Again. Guy, guy has a tower downtown named after him. He does. He does. And he's, I mean, everybody knows Larry Beasley, but it's it's so exciting that he's going to be back on the program talking about his book, Vancouverism, which was just released. And we got to just say it one one last time. What a beautiful book. Yeah. And everybody wants. Everybody should have this as their coffee table book. You know what? It just dawned on me. Uh, Richard Silver has a site, Torontoism. Larry Beasley has a book, Vancouverism. That did. Maybe. That's um. Yeah, that's interesting. They kind of sound <laughs> the same. Uh, do you got any? You gonna leave <laughs> any us? Was that your Was that your takeaway for the day? <laughs> wow. All right, maybe we should cut on that, or well, I guess we still have the Vancouver Real Estate we Podcast. We do. We still have to talk about the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. I thought you were going to go with another ism there. Uh, that would have been a clever thought. Uh, yeah, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You've got, uh, you've got things like the Livewire. The Livewire, that's our weekly newsletter. We got a live news feed on the site. We got tips, tricks. We also got private client services. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you're standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information. It's free. It's at your fingertips. And I got to tell you, We've seen them all. We've seen all the research search engines out there for real estate. This is the best one by far, and it's free on our site, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. If you're not using PCS, you're doing it wrong, and it's great if you're looking to sell, if you're looking to buy. It's multifaceted. If you want to talk about PCS, which I'm sure you do, or anything real estate related or not, give me a call at any time, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that secret screen line. Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Is that coming after my job or what? Is that Casey Queso? <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 